What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? It's Wednesday, the 17th of November. The joint is brought to you by On It. Listen, this Monday is the Black Friday Cyber Monday sale and On It. 60% off all motherfucking products. I'm not sure on the club bats and the kettlebells, but MCT, Shroom Tech, Alpha Brain, Black Label, Regular Alpha Brain, New Mood, which is tremendous at night. All these products will be up for sale 60% off. The rest is up to you. Go to onit.com right now. Take a look at their supplements. You want to start 22 2022 on the right fucking foot. Healthy. Your mind healthy. Alpha Brain is here to help you. Shroom Tech is here to help you work out. And Uncle Joey's here to lead you to the fucking... To the water. Whatever the fuck they say. You can lead a horse to water. Go to Honor.com right now. Look at the great selection of supplements. Read a little bit. Learn something. And order. Get 2022 off to a great fucking start. Go to Honor.com, press code Joey, and get 70% off with the fucking extra code, plus a gift, plus a sticker. On it will take care of you. And remember, Alpha Brain, you get 100% off. You get 100% money back guarantee, and you get to keep the product. When a company does that, you know the product is sensational. Onit.com right now. The joint is also brought to you by CBD Lion, another product you should have in your cabinet for 2022. Let me tell you something. You might be feeling a little bad. You don't know. Anxiety. Your elbow hurts. Let me tell you something. There's none like the full spectrum tincture from a CBD Lion. 1,500, 1,000 milligrams. Let me tell you something. Two, three weeks. Wait for it to get into your body, into your system, and you'll be a new fucking person. Whether it's the CBD Lion gummies, the bath balls, the cream, the kinesiology tape, the vapor pen, the weed. CBD Lion will get that CBD into your body, and it's the highest quality CBD out there with CBD Lion. Do me a favor. Go to CBDLion.com right now. Read the third-party lab results and order your CBD for 2022. They're also having a sensational sale starting next week. So go to cbdline.com, press in code Joey, and get your discount and be ready for 2022. The joint is also brought to you by Lucy Nicotine Gum. When you're trying to quit, Nothing stronger than a cigarette craving. You need a little something extra to satisfy the habit. And Lucy.co has your back. Listen, again, we're getting ready for 2022. You're smoking. You don't want to smoke in a new year. With Lucy, you don't need to smoke anymore. You're prepared when the temptation starts. And with the subscription service, you'll have it on hand whenever the craving hits. Lucy gum comes in three flavors that are actually pretty fucking good. Wintergreen, cinnamon, and my personal favorite, pomegranate. You don't like gum? I hear you. It tricks your stomach into thinking that you're fucking eating. Try the lozenges. Tremendous. Citrus. Mint. And my favorite, cherry ice flavor. If you don't have a smoke, you can at least have something to suck on. No pun intended. Now listen to all the joint family. Go to Lucy.co. Use promo code Joey to get 20% off all products, including gum and lozenges. 
That's Lucy.co. Use promo code Joey at checkout. And here's the legal mumbo jumbo. The product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. You knew that. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. You knew that too. So do me a favor. Quit smoking. Go to Lucy.co. Use promo code Joey. Now, without further ado, let's get this motherfucking party started. Where's Pink? What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? Welcome to the joint. It's Wednesday, the 17th of the motherfucking month. Can you believe tomorrow is the anniversary of me kidnapping Ken Vella? I just, I just fucking remembered that when I said the fucking date. Like I said, November, I had a lot of shit happen throughout my life. It's really weird. Did you ever, like, for some reason, I always pick up the phone when it's 932. You ever do that? Like, I pick up the phone all fucking day to see what time it is or whatever, and it's always 9.32. For years, I've been just picking up the phone. It's 9.32. I, you know, I had an agent in L.A., 323-932-something. I forget the name of the agency right now. They're who I'm with now, but in New York. But it's so weird. Every time I, I look at the clock or my phone i see 9 32 on it i always think of that agent and i would call him whatever it doesn't really fucking matter uh the point i'm trying to make here is it's so weird how my mom died in november i quit coke in november i kidnapped vela in november i got into santeria in november i married my wife in november i forgot that next friday this is how fucking crazy it's been i forgot that it was my anniversary she brought it up to me the other day i'm like yeah, that's right. You ever, you, your wife ever bring an anniversary up to you or something? And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, yeah, I made plans. Already. I didn't make shit. I didn't even fucking know. She told me it's the Friday. Oh, no, maybe the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is our anniversary, you know. So all these things happened to me in fucking November. And as we go on, I'll find more. Because look at last week. I just talked about the coke being 14 years. And uh, my dear friend Marilyn died in November. You know, it's just a lot of shit happened in November. But this morning when I looked at the fucking, when I just said that to you, it's the 17th. I'm like, holy shit. What was it? Uh, 3, 10, 21 is 31. And 3 is 30 fucking four years ago. 1987. What a fucking day that was. Jesus Christ. Ah, Life. It's a beautiful fucking thing when you sit there and go, 
what the fuck happened? You know, I'm at an age now. You guys are young. You know, you fucking got your girlfriends and stuff. I'm at an age now where I'm like, what the fuck happened? How quick did this fucking go by? It has blown my mind lately. You know, when I came here 15 months ago, I told you guys that I was struggling, you know, and through journaling, through talking to Dana, better help, you know, just all the shit I do, because I always want to know the root. I always want to know the square root, you know, like when I got clean from coke, I fucking wrote every day about what made me get on the thing. And at first I didn't know. At first I had no idea. After about a year or two, I figured out that I wasn't in pain anymore. The pain of my mother's death had gone away. The pain of losing my daughter had gone away. So it just takes time. You can't put your fucking finger on it why you quit something or a particular thing. But developing always on this anniversary, like I'll call him tonight, you know, and go, what's going on? It was 35 years I put you in the trunk. And he'll tell me like a joke, you know, what the fuck? That was a weird fucking thing. What made you do that? We always have the same conversation. You know, there's a couple people I call on anniversaries. I call him the night before I kidnapped him. I call my other friend, Pino, on December 17th, because we used to, as kids, we always hung out on December 17th. So I always have different anniversaries to call my friends on. But when I think about kidnapping Vela, at first I was very ashamed Um, while I was doing time, I was very ashamed. When I got out, I was very ashamed. And then as I started becoming a, you know, more of a fucking, uh, a man, as I started, the shame went away. And then I told you guys, by the time I told everybody, I had no fucking shame. In a way, it it had become comical. And there's some people from time to time that go, you know what? I can't believe you turned that into a joke. You know what? Did you want me to do with it, to just have it there and hold on to it? You know, it's so weird when you have a skeleton in the closet. Last night I was talking to my girl, Jessamay. You know, I, I saw one of her posts that it was her mom's death anniversary, so I wanted to call her and check in with her the way, you know, we check in with each other. This is what we do. And I told her I didn't really know she was going through that. She said she had gone to an Anthony Robbins uh fucking event and that was the first time she felt alive and that she felt like you know she felt like she was there you know and i explained i go listen man death any death you know especially me you i never fucking grieve you know i don't want to grieve i never grieved ralphie i never grieved brody i deal with it on my own pace and i deal with it from time to time and that's why people's death always fucks me up because i don't deal with it the proper way i picked up a bad habit when my mom died and i just never grieve people the way most people grieve people i you know i'm a fucking jerk off i snap it under the uh, carpet and then deal with it in time and i was telling her she goes how long did it take you to deal with the death and i told her five fucking years like it took me five fucking years of you know chuckling jive and joey sweeping under the carpet and then in 1980 my mom died in 79 84 i ended up fucking homeless yeah the result of me being homeless because i was a juggernaut and i couldn't stop snorting coke but the, the, the result of me being homeless was that i finally came to the 
realization that my mother was gone. Okay? Sometimes people die and they die. But then you got to come up with the realization that they're gone. That's the grieving process of it. This Saturday, you know, whatever, every Saturday, you know, I take Mercy to kickboxing and I come back and I'd run some errands and whatnot. And this Saturday, I was running an errand. I went to, you know, make a call and I saw Ralphie's name. And I stopped and I go, usually on Saturdays at this time was when me and Ralphie used to talk. Ralphie would get back to his hotel room, probably stay up, eat a bag of Jack in the Box, those fucking stuffed peppers. He loved those stuffed jalapenos from Jack in the Box. Those things will give you cancer all the way to the end of fucking time. But God bless his soul. You know, he would love those things and shit. So the other day, I was just looking at the phone. I saw his name, and I remember, I go, fuck. Every Saturday, I used to fucking call him. And as I got deeper into it, it I, I, my mind wouldn't let me go there. That's because I'm a fucking fag, because I'm scared to deal with Ralphie's death right now. I'm not prepared. And I'm going to tell you something. I told Jessamine, and I know more of this than anybody, and this is what I told. I said, that's why I always tell people, you got to check on your skeletons from time to time, because if not, those motherfuckers will check on you. And they check on you when you're high and you're having a good time. You know, like when you're high and you're like, oh, I wonder if my wife didn't eat, finish her Reuben. I'm going to go up and kill the other half of it before she fucking wakes up. And you'll just think of something. And all of a sudden, that'll ruin your heart. It'll ruin your night. It's not that you're going to cry or be depressed, but it does ruin it. It's like whenever I think about my daughter. Whenever I think about my daughter when I'm high, whatever, I kind of feel a little sad. I've dealt with it. I have dealt with it. I am okay with it. If there was therapy to be involved, I fucking did it. I wrote, I journaled, and my daughter moved on. The pain from my daughter moved on. That's why I stopped doing coke. You you show me coke now. You show me a gram of coke, I won't do it because I equivalent it with pain. I equivalent coke with it's the equivalent of fucking pain. Every time I'd snort a, a line, it was painful to snort it because of the pain I was going through, you know? But life goes on. What I really wanted to talk to you fucking savages about today was something my wife told me yesterday morning, and I've been, I almost lost sleep over it last night. But I knew this day was coming. And uh, one day I went to eat with my godfather. Uh, with my godfather. I went to eat with my uncle. Me, Mercy, my wife was busy. This is way before the pandemic. This had to be like uh, November of 2019. In fact, it was. It was November around Thanksgiving. She had no school. And I met my uncle in Glendale to get some lunch at this fucking place. Tremendous. They got carrot cake. And they bring it to you. You know how some places have like fucking bread? Or they give you like, you know, whatever. Something to dip in olive oil. This place gives you carrot cake. That's the best carrot cake. It's not really carrot cake. It's date nut bread. Oh, and they give you whipped cream cheese with it. I used to go there like three times a week, and I kept eating that fucking bread. And one day I got on the scale, and I gained 15 pounds. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not eating that fucking bread anymore. Holy shit. But me and my uncle, my uncle loves that place. I love it too, but I had to give it a fucking breather. I used to go there with Duncan, and they had the best steak and eggs for breakfast, but they wouldn't put it on the menu. 
because it was so fucking good. You had it like if you were somebody in the know, then you ordered the fucking steak. Duncan was in the know, so he turned me on. He's like, get the steak and eggs. You won't be fucked. So I was to go and egg, eat a whole loaf of fucking date nut bread, a whole container of cream cheese, three eggs, a steak, two pieces of toast, butter, home fries. Fuck. No wonder you're 330, Joey. You got to stop it, cocksucker. But anyway, me and me and my... uh so good, Oh, my God, it is fucking good. Me and uh, my uncle and my daughter went to eat one day. We're just fucking around on the way home. My uncle was like, hey, man, I just want you to know something. Keep this in mind. I don't mean to insult you, but I, but I, go, I, I don't know if you know this. He goes, your wife was a woman at 11. She already had tits at 11, so I'm just giving you a heads up for your daughter. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And my wife, my daughter, my mom was a woman at 11. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, trust me, your mom went through, my, your mom and her sister Rosita were breaking hearts when they were 12 already. Keep your eye on this girl because she's going to mature fast. And I'm like, I don't think she's going to fucking mature fast. Well, two nights later, I went in to help her with something and I smelled something and I go, Mercy, what's that fucking smell? And I smelt her armpits and I'm like, oh God, they were fucking oniony as fuck. She smelled like one of those deadheads from Boulder. I mean, she was <laughs> booting them from the 50 yard line. You know, I'm honest with you guys. I'll tell you the fucking truth. And I'm like, Mercy, you're fucking booting. She was fucking seven. I mean, I didn't hurt her feelings. She doesn't know what booting means, but we had to go the next day and buy fucking deodorant for her, like fucking, you know, women's deodorant. I was like, Mercy, I'm in fucking shock that you, you know. She didn't, she just puts deodorant on and stuff like that. Well, I was looking at my daughter yesterday morning. We ate some breakfast. We were sitting by the door. I was drinking my coffee, and her and I were having a conversation. I'm like, man, my daughter's getting fucking big. Like, she's just getting thick. I mean, she goes to kickboxing, all this shit, but she's starting to get thick, you know. And I told my wife, I go, you know what? She's starting to get pretty big. Like, she's starting to get thick, bigger. And my wife goes, Joey, you know she's already starting to have hair and stuff like that. And I'm like, Mercy, Terry, she's fucking eight years old. What are you saying to me? And she's like, she's going to mature really fast. She's already, like, starting to, I'm like, holy fuck. When my wife left to go to yoga, I just sat there like in shock, like, what the fuck? My little girl is fucking growing. I could tell, like, listen, man, women before uh, mature faster than little boys. You could see it. You could, I've seen it with Mercy since I've gotten here. Like the friends that she made when we got here that are still, like, making baby noises and jumping up and down. Mercy don't run with them no more. Mercy doesn't even watch cartoons no more. The last cartoon she's holding on to is Big City Greens, and that's because I did an episode of it, and she tells everybody she's so proud of me for that. Mm -hmm. But beside that, she is not watching kids' TV anymore. She watches adult TV. The other night I threw on Man on Fire, and she came down. She caught the tail half hour, and... She was like, Dad, tell me the story of what's going on. I go, well, for starters, because one night she was down here, he was about to put the bomb in the guy's butt. And I go, Mercy, I think you want to watch this. And my wife is like, no. 
she does not want to watch it. She's not ready for this yet. So I said, okay, they left. You know, they have to come to the basement when I'm watching TV at night. They were going somewhere. And uh, so the other night, I was just sitting there watching fucking TV, and Man on Fire was on the last half hour. You know, he'd done all the killing and shit. He already fucking shot the little marsupial-looking Mexican dude, that little fucking... You ever see the cover of Black Sabbath, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath? You look at the front, it's a nice white family taking care of this guy who's dying. You turn it around, it's the guy fucking at night having nightmares. And all those family members became little devils and they got pointy ears and shit now. That's what that little apocalypto-looking motherfucker looked like. And Denzel went and shot him in the hand with the fucking shotgun and stuff. So the part came on when he's just sitting there with him in the car. And the little Apocalypto is fucking holding on to dear life. And Denzel's like, listen, you know, he's calling the girl's mother. And he's explaining all this shit to her. And that's when my daughter's asking me fucking stupid questions about what's going on here and stuff like that. And I tell her, I go, listen, man, when I first saw this movie, I had to ask myself, would I ever do that for a friend or a little girl or my daughter? And I said to myself, yes, I would. If it was for my daughter, I would shoot 20 motherfuckers. I don't give a fuck. Bazookas. I light fires. Everything I did in my life, everything I fucking wanted to do, light feet on fire, tie you up and throw you off a building. All those little f secret desires that I have. You know, some people have desires of like fucking somebody in the ass and coming in their mouth. I, I never had those desires. I like lighting people on fire and throwing people off buildings and shit like that if I'm in search for something. So I told I go when I watch I still remember watching that movie. It was uh May of no, it was like July of two thousand and four. I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I was shooting the longest yard and I was in my hotel room one night. I go, What do I feel like watching? He had just done training day and uh I said, let me watch this Man on I didn't know what the fuck it was. When I watched Man on Fire, it was such a good goddamn movie that when it finished, I had to pay another 10 bucks to watch it again. That's how much I enjoyed that movie. But I remember after I watched it, it played with my mind. And I was like, if I would have a daughter, would I do something like that if something happened to her? And I didn't have to think about it. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll be shooting... Luke, Jimmy Florentine's son, said he saw a Rambo 2 the other night when fucking Sylvester Stallone shoots a Vietnamese dude with the exploding arrows. You know I'm going to get a couple of those to shoot some motherfuckers if something happens to my daughter. But she started crying at the end. You know, she understood that pain. I started crying at the end, too. I always cry when I watch Man on Fire. That's how I could tell she's my daughter. She started crying, and she was hot. My wife had a hugger and shit. But... <laughs> Afterward, no, she they bonded over Man on Fire because she didn't fucking like it. Like she, don't, my my daughter doesn't like that kind of stuff. But it's time for her to start watching, understanding. I'm not ready for her to show her like a fucking somebody get shot in the head twenty times. Like I don't want to, I don't want to show her the many saints of fucking Scarface when Tony gets shot at the end. But I gotta fucking uh, show her a few things. Let her know what the world is about even if it's just on film just to give her a little you know look a little taste of what the fuck is out there but it's so hard for me to comprehend that she's becoming a little fucking woman right in front of my eyes last week we went out somewhere and 
some kid got in trouble and the dad hit him, you know. And on the way home, her and I were talking, and she said to me, Dad, you've never hit me, you know. And I don't know if you guys remember that subject was the night of uh, Ari's This Is Not Happening. Uh, I'll never forget her and I had a chat about that. This had She had to be like four or something. I was talking to my wife, and... I was telling my wife when Mercy was maybe four or three, I go, I got to be honest with you, I don't think I could hit it when she gets older. I'm not into that shit at all. I never really thought about it until I had a child. But I'm like, I don't think I could hit her, you know. And I came from my house. My mother would fucking, you know, hit me with a broomstick at the drop of a fucking dime, like in a New York, New York minute. I was always concerned that, you know, because my house... The house I grew up with, my stepfather and my mom, my stepfather was a yeller. You know, his first response was to yell. So there was always a lot of yelling in the house. How come there's no hot water? I'd wake up in the morning and sit in that shower for an hour. By the time that motherfucker went in, there would be like six minutes of hot water. And then I would fucking hit the valve and freeze that motherfucker out. He would run out of the shower with little bunny rabbits. You know, like when people do bunny rabbits with the shampoo and they play around. One day he came out with bunny rabbits. He's like, what the fuck happened to the hot water? His eyes were closed. He had soap in his eyes and shit. So he was always yelling in the morning. And, I, and you know. Uh, there was no violence in my house except for my mom hitting me from time to time with either a bounty roll that was on fire, a fucking a broomstick, an ashtray. She hit me with a purse a couple times, and then it was straight up backhand, stop my walk-outs, you know, the whole fucking thing. Uh, and it was just a thought for me. I'm like, well, you know, I came from a house that was kind of ruckus, and I came from a house where my fucking uh, mom would hit me. Maybe this will turn into that house. Not at all. You know, I like my mornings in my house. There's no yelling. There's no screaming. You know, I always knew what I wanted when I got older. I always fucking knew the things I wanted when I got older. Number one thing that, the number one thing in my world is I like a peaceful house. I got divorced in 1990 and... The year, maybe 18 months prior to that divorce, that house sucked. The house I grew up in as a child, even though my mother was very sweet and the cooking was good and she loved me and stuff, that house sucked. That house sucked too. So when I got older, I had a blueprint already of what made a house not suck. Like when my mother died, I had to live with the Benders. Their house did not suck. They had love in the house. They spoke. You know, they watched TV. They giggled. And don't get me wrong. I had a lot of that in my house. Me and my mother used to laugh our asses off all the fucking time. But there was all that overall love because I didn't have a full family. I had a stepfather. That overall love was missing. There's a Pink Floyd song, one of my favorite songs called Dogs. And, uh, at the end of Dogs, he goes into this fucking, uh, Roger Waters goes into this sort of like rant, uh, you know, and one of the lines he says that has always struck a chord in my head is, you know, uh, being a stranger at home, you know, that those words are fucking, have always been 
very powerful to me. Being a stranger in your home. I got to be honest with you, you know, and then I, I felt like I was a stranger in my home. Like, I didn't belong there. I told you guys the story on how in the sixth grade when I got out of Catholic school, I didn't live in my house for like a year. I lived in other people's houses. I didn't like my house growing up. And uh, I was a stranger in that house. Even though my mom was loving and the whole fucking thing, I just felt that. So these are all the things when I hooked up with Terry. Like when I hooked up with Kathy and I got married the first time. Guys, I, I, I was so fucked. Listen, like I said it a thousand times, you can't be a fucking junkie and have a household. You cannot be a fucking junkie and have a household, you know. I didn't even think of those things when I first got married. It wasn't until I got married to Terry that I asked myself, what did I want in my house? How do, how do I want my home to be? You know, number one, I don't like... One thing that stuck out with me, I don't know how I felt about this. If I tell you how I felt about this, you're going to think I'm a little whiny bitch, but I have to bring this up. I didn't like going home from school and there wouldn't be anybody at home. I didn't think about it until years later. I liked it when I was doing it. When, I, when you're fucking 12 and 13 and you go home and there's nobody home, you kind of fucking giggle and shit a little bit because there's nobody there to watch you. There's no supervision. In other words, you could do whatever the fuck you want. So I would come home and play Ted Nugent loud and my mother's record play in the living room. I would play the Eagles, you know, Life in the Fast Lane loud. I would play Ted Nugent, Free For All, you know, all that shit. So I enjoyed it and I never really thought about it, but it wasn't until years later I was like, that was no way for a kid. When I was fucking in first, second, third, before I went to Catholic school and we lived in New York City, Every afternoon when I came home, my mother would be there. She'd make me a fucking ham and Swiss ooh, with mayonnaise on Wonder Bread toast. That motherfucking bread gets nice and burnt and shit. Throw a little mayonnaise on that motherfucker, some ham, some cheese, a little slice of thin tomato. And I would watch Felix the Cat, whatever the fuck I would watch, Popeye at three, you know. Do a little homework when you're young, whatever the fuck they give you, A, B, C, D, whatever the fuck, you know, one times two. And then I would go out and terrorize little fucking kids and throw, you know, records and whatever the fuck I did up and torturize Mr. Martini, whatever the fuck I was doing up there on 88th Street. But when I got to North Bergen and I started coming home, I was 12 years old, you know, 13 years old. And uh, I didn't miss that, but these are things that if I ever had a home, I'd want. You know, I leave here every afternoon. I go run errands. I do this. I meet people. I do ads for DraftKings, for Spotify. You guys have heard them if you listen to Rogan. You know, but in all my fucking travels in the afternoon, at 3 o'clock, I'm home. She gets home about 3.08. I get home at 3. I do whatever errands I got to do around the house. I piss. I wash my hands. And I wait for her. Sometimes she gets off the bus with kids. They come in. Me and my wife welcome the kids. Uh, we give them water, whatever the fuck they want, Kool-Aid, donuts, whatever the fuck it is. And we go about our life. Does she even realize what's going on? No. But if she came home and there was nobody home and she had to walk to the refrigerator and take her soda out and make her own sandwich... She'd see the difference. She'd go, wow, I wish there was somebody home. But she never knew 
any other life. We've always been home when she gets home. I mean, my daughter's fucking, you know, Madam Fifi. She's never fucking struggled yet. I'm trying to build a base for her. As she gets older, I'll push the envelope a little bit, you know. But it's so weird. Like when my wife told me that yesterday morning, I, right away I went into a little bit of my own little panic mode. But then I thought about it, and I thought about my relationship with women. I have a great relationship with a lot of my female friends. I have great relationships, and I'm not scared to ask them questions. The biggest lesson about fatherhood that I ever had was from Sarah Tiana. Sarah and I spoke a lot about the relationship between a father and their daughter. She has a great, uh, 100% truthful, honest relationship with her father. My goal is to have that same relationship with my daughter. She told me one time that a guy cheated on her. I hope she's not mad at me for saying this to you guys. A guy cheated on her once, and she called her father. She was visibly upset, and she was crying on the phone. She couldn't understand why the guy would cheat on her. And she said that she heard her father for crying on the phone. And that after she heard her father crying on the phone with her to console her, she called the guy, dumped him, and never spoke to him again, not even as an apology. He tried. My point is that that's the relationship I want with my daughter. I don't want her to hate me. It's so fucking weird how much you fucking change you know like you kid around you make stupid jokes you know people always say to me what are you gonna do when you when your daughter brings a fucking terrorist home what are you gonna do when your daughter brings a fucking african-american kid home or a, a Polak kid you know when you don't have a daughter and you don't know what you're really working with you make all these stupid fucking uh remarks you know like i'll fucking shoot her i'll put a chastity belt on her, all this shit she's eight years old now you know what i'm thinking i don't care who she brings home as long as she brings home somebody who loves her as much as i do her and i talk a lot about love and respect and what we feel for one another and i always tell her that i go you know and it was jimmy it was jimmy florentine as a matter of fact, I mean, Jimmy's got a lot more experience than me as a dad. He's a great fucking dad, Jimmy. But he was telling me one time that he talked when he talks to his son, you know, Jimmy's separated. And he tells his son that this isn't what a real relationship is. He goes, look at his friend Danielle and her husband, who I'm dear friends with. He goes, look at Joey and Terry. They've never really fought in front of me. or That's how two people should really act, you know, I have changed 100%, I mean, let's face it, guys, you can't put a silk hat on a pig, I know I'm a pig going into this, I know I'm a fucking savage, and I know I'm a fucking animal, but for me to be here properly for my daughter, I had to make little changes, guys, you gotta, you know, what am I gonna tell, look her in the face and go, I love you, don't bring a fucking Arab home, don't bring a fucking brother home, if they make her happy, like I've always told it, Mercy, a man has to love you and treat you like I love you and treat you. If not, it's not going to work for you. You see the way I am with your mom, how we're 
We do everything for each other. There's really no fucking yelling in this house. I mean, if I told you that we didn't fight, I'd be lying to you. We have our little beefs from time to time. The other day I told her not to bring any more Goya fucking rice pudding in the goddamn house. You know, I said it to her nice. I go, Terry, don't bring the Goya anymore. It's not that good. She took offense to it. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't say it the right word. Uh, I said, don't bring that shit in the house no more. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I go, I always get the other rice pudding. It's like 110 calories for a fucking tiny cup. That's all you need at night. You throw some cinnamon. I got the Goya fucking rice pudding. It tastes like, you know, you put a fucking whole pound of fucking sugar in that motherfucker. This heavy cream. And I only taste it in the cup. I taste it like three little pieces of fucking rice. They make it. They put all this coconut. And f I don't want that. I just want plain Rice fucking pudding, American style. I like that shit. There's a company who makes tremendous fucking rice pudding. They're always in like the vegetable fucking yogurt aisle. It's a six pack. You ever have those? Fucking tremendous. And they also got a tub. Don't buy the tub. You'll gain weight. Buy the six individual fucking things. Take it from your Uncle Joe. You don't need that whole tub. Because I'll put a whole fucking thing of ready whip on that motherfucker. And put some cinnamon underneath and some cinnamon on top. And that's not what you need. You just need a little fucking cup. So, back to the situation at hand. You have to... You have to... When you have a daughter, you have to have fucking, you know, cotton little gloves. I mean, I'm still a savage. I say some shit around her. You know, guys, I, I don't curse around her. I slip every once in a while and say shit. She knows a couple of the words. She knows the B word. She told me the other day. She goes, I know the B word. I know the F word. I go, that's all right. Hold on to him for now. You know what I'm saying? Don't say nothing to nobody. But it's just really weird how I'm supposed to act as a father. Now, I, guys, I I don't even think about my my daughter anymore, my older daughter. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you guys think I'm a savage. I'm sorry if you guys think I'm a fucking bad person. But you know what, man? You can't. Listen, she doesn't want to be with me. I would always want her in my life, but she doesn't want a part of my life. So what am I supposed to do? Do you want me to cry? Do you want me to go to therapy for this shit? Do you want me to? It's plain and simple. You don't want me, and I don't want you because you don't want me. So move the fuck on. And that's what a lot of people never understand. You know, I'm looking at all these. When I realized I had this thing with the fucking benzo withdrawal, I went on a couple of groups and looked at the benzo groups, you know, and you read about, you learn about what other people are going through, you know, and I was like, fuck. These people are fucking nearly dying. And I then I thought to myself, these people are fucking pussies. Because half these people are going through the same thing. I, You have to function every day. You wake up in the morning, you have a little hangnail. It doesn't mean you tap out and ride off the fucking day. I'll tell you what, I got 103 fever. I'll tap out and ride in the fucking day. But if I could get up and walk around, I'm pushing through this fucking thing. You know, and I think that a lot of this shit we hear... Is people fucking whining. This life is a lot easier than what people make it to. People make it seem like it's fucking hard, like it's fucking impossible. It's not. That's why I did an episode on quitting coke. Because there was a time when I never saw myself without doing coke. I couldn't see it. Guys, when I was 21, my goal was to move to Columbia and send people pictures of me rubbing a big coke rock with my eyes all swollen. That was my big career move. That was my fucking life's dream, to move to fucking Columbia. 
That's all I wanted to do was do fucking coke and that uh, and party and get my dick sucked, you know. For some reason or another, that all went away. I don't want to. I wanted more from my fucking life. But at that time, when I was a fucking dumb 21-year-old, that's what I wanted. Now, I just wanted the last 10 years, the last five years, I got to be honest with you guys, all I thought about was being a good father. What I had to do to be a good father so I wouldn't lose my daughter again. That's all I wanted. I did not want to lose another daughter. You know, and I tell you guys that, yeah, she came to me December 30th last year and said, you know, before the pandemic, that she didn't really like me leaving. You guys like Joey, why don't you fucking turn around and tell her that you got to make a living? You know why I didn't tell her that? Because I already lost a daughter. I'm walking around with a fucking minus on my ass. So when my wife got pregnant and I had a second chance to do this all over again, I had two options. And guys, you know, for our anniversary, I'm going to have my wife on the podcast. We're going to do a Zoom. She's going to be upstairs and I'm going to be downstairs. But the be- yeah, but the beauty of it is she'll fucking tell you that we had a little fucking lunch one day before the baby was born. And I explained to her how I'm a busy guy, you know, Listen, before I even tell you, I want to shoot myself in the head for telling her this. So before you get sour on me, I thought that when I had another child with this woman, that it would be my relationship, the same relationship I had with my first wife, which is a fucking nightmare from A to Z. So I remember one day I was with my wife. She was about seven months pregnant. We were eating lunch, and I just went off on her about what I wasn't going to do and the expectations I didn't want her to have about me. In other words, I was going to be a dad that was uninvolved. When I think of my words that day, I want to just fucking shoot myself because I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I was, you know, 49 years old talking fucking gibberish because I was putting comedy before my fucking family. And I got to be honest with you, the day that she was born, when I saw her at that hospital, I'll never forget when the nurses took her away. I looked at my wife and I go, that conversation we had, I mean, uh, in another life, you should have divorced me for that conversation. You should have told me to get the fuck out of your life, taking the money and left with the child. But I'm happy you didn't because that's not how I felt when I saw that baby come out of your little fucking monkey. My whole outlook changed on how I felt, and I do want to be a part of her life, and I do want to be involved with her, you know, and that's why I do the things I do. And a lot of people upset with me, like, how come you're not doing comedy? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? Right now, dog, my daughter's eight years old, and I want to watch her grow. I know that when she's 12, she's going to be the spitting image of me, not look-wise. I'm an ugly fucking dude. But she's going to be the spitting image of me as far as wanting to get the fuck out. I could see it already. She gets home from school, and she's not like the other kids. She wants to go call for other kids. And when she calls for them, she actually tells them, I want to go outside. You know, it's a nice dad. I've heard her say it to it. So for all those things, I'm very uh, proud that she's going to, 
you know, be a go-getter. She's getting great grades at school. She does her homework. She does everything I expected to, but I could tell that this is going to be faster. And after my wife told me that she's starting to develop, holy fuck, now I'm never going to fucking leave her side for the next couple of years because she's going to be built by the time she's like 11, which means guys are going to be fucking tormenting her already. In fact, she told me the other day, that some kid in the school keeps giving her little fucking flowers and shit. I'm like, what do you think? She's like, nah, he's not for me. She was telling me that some kid that she does uh, the math work for, and she gives the answers to some kid. I go, what the fuck is that? And she goes, he sits at my table. She goes, he's a fucking dummy. And I go, I don't mind doing it because I got to do the math anyway. If he doesn't want to do it, he's going to get an F because he don't learn. So if he wants to take my answers, that's fucking fine. I go, I never looked at it that way, you know? <laughs> so I'm learning a lot from her also. Well, this this has just been great, guys. I am uh, I'm healthier, you know? I, I, I thought about what the fuck happened to me. And when I talked to Dana the other morning, we both came up with, I had something I never thought I'd have. I had a midlife fucking crisis last year. It was me coming back home. I had a little bit of fear that I was coming back here after all the bad things I've done, and I've come back over the years, but I came back here for three years at a time. I didn't come back here to live. So I had to get that little bit of fear because I don't really work well with fear, but for some reason, somewhere along the line, I witnessed news to fucking... Uh, and all that shit between the COVID and me coming back here, I had a little fucking fear. But I also was having a little crisis as a man. And I thought you always had a midlife crisis when you were like 50. I thought you went and bought a Corvette and started fucking 20-year-olds that were fucking retarded. But no, I did have a midlife crisis. And it was accepting the next chapter of my life, which was New Jersey. You know, a year ago, I couldn't have this conversation with you guys for 40, 50 fucking minutes like I'm doing now. It was a real fucking struggle, you know. I would speak to Mike, and he would tell me he'll be here at 11 or something, and I would count the fucking minutes in dread and horror that I didn't want to talk to people. Now, I couldn't wait for fucking Mike to get here today. I was ready to drop some knowledge on you motherfuckers. So I'm feeling great, and I'm writing it off to, yeah, some of it was the withdrawal, some of it was the fear, but a lot of it was just a crisis that I had created in my own mind. There wasn't really a crisis. I had created it in my own mind. And the last six months, I've worked very hard, on myself, I've thought about what I want to do and what my next steps are. I'm sorry comedy isn't in my horizon today and next week, but it could be in my horizon in 2022. We don't know how we're going to feel. Right now, I'm just trying to get 2021 finished. I'm trying to reach the goals that I laid out for 2021. I'm reaching them. You know, we're writing a book. We're getting healthier. Uh... I got to tell you something, man. Uh, the the reefer is really agreeing with me lately. You know, I'm not smoking papers. With papers, I'm not walking around with a sore throat. Every time I smoke now, that fucking freeze pipe bubbler is worth every fucking cent. Every cent, that freeze pipe bubbler. I'm really getting comfortable with it. So what I wanted to tell you guys today was that everything is getting better. And, 
You know what, man? When you work hard on yourself, we do make fucking progress. It's a slow progress. It's hard to see. You know, all I know is I feel better today than I did 90 days ago. And you know what I know? That when 2022 hits, I'm going to feel better January 1st, 2022 that I'm feeling today, November 17th. 2021 so i know this in my head hey i'm struggling today but i'm gonna be better in two months why because i'm gonna put the work in i'm gonna walk i'm gonna fucking write i'm gonna fucking drink my water i'm gonna get my eight hours of sleep and i'm gonna be a healthy fucking version of me so i could be mercy's dad and move on with this shit i don't even know what we're ending off of but i don't give a fuck guys my point today was my daughter's growing I'm maturing, and we're both meeting in the fucking middle, and we're going to fucking hammer this fucking thing out, you know? If you feel yourself struggling or anything like that, don't feel alone. Everybody struggles, and that's the problem I had. My mental health fucking was worrying me more because I felt nobody else was going through this. But guess what? Everybody's going through a version of this right now. And I didn't know. I get calls every three days from people going, hey, man, when I talked to you a couple months ago, I wasn't right. I'm like, really? You know, I just thought, nah, this affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So there's nothing wrong with you. I thought I was losing my mind. Not at all. I'm just getting better. And I'm learning how to fucking handle it. That's it. And that's that. It's November 17th, 2021. And this is the motherfucking joint, goddammit. I love you motherfuckers with all my heart, guys. Fucking uh, laughing gas is great. There it is right there on the table. Smelling good, the second batch. Smelling good and looking good. It does smell fucking good. You know, if you need anything, the ice cream shop is there for you. And if you need anything uh, on a mental struggle or a, a fucking recommendation... You know, I'm here for you guys also. I've gone through it all. You guys have seen the uh, change in my personality, the perkiness, and my eyes are back. Everything's back. And nobody fucking came over here and gave me a magic pill. There's no magic drug. There's no magic reefer. It's you putting in the work on you. Everybody always puts in the work on everybody else, and we're worried about, oh, my God. Mikey got high again. Who gives a fuck about Mikey? You think Mikey gives a fuck about you? Well, what's Mikey going to do? Who gives a fuck about that cocksucker? Worry about you. You're the most important person in this fucking world. I love you motherfuckers. We're a week away from Thanksgiving. I can't wait to fucking eat some turkey, some fucking stuffing, a little cram. I'm going to eat a can of cranberry sauce. I'm going to steal somebody's fucking can, slice it up. I'm going to smoke weed in the daytime. Now I don't have that little anxiety no more. I was smoking in the daytime, and guys... Weed does create a lot of fucking anxiety. I don't give a fuck what anybody tells you. Sometimes I'll take two fucking hits off that laughing gas and my heart will fucking be on fire for like an hour and a half. But you know what? One thing it makes me do, weed works. Weed works for pain. Everybody's like, weed doesn't cover pain. Yes, it does. Because many a night I had a fucking toothache from my abscess. I smoke a little weed and 10 minutes later you're like, I got no pain. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I do have pain. I just forgot about it. It makes you fucking forget about it. And that's it and that's that, you bad motherfuckers. I hope you enjoyed 
the joint today. I hope you enjoyed the week's joints. We had a great fucking chit-chat. Tomorrow's Vela's anniversary. I'll give him a call. Maybe I'll tape the phone call and let you guys listen to it. I'll figure something out. I love you motherfuckers with all my heart. Have a great weekend. The holiday season is upon us. And uh, hopefully you tip top motherfucking Magoo. I love you, cocksuckers. And now for a word from my motherfucking sponsors, Jack. All right, I want to thank you bad motherfuckers for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you understood where I was coming from. I didn't, so I don't know. Who the fuck knows anymore? The joint is brought to you by one of my favorite products in the world, On it. They have Alpha Brain, which is just a great nootropic. Shroom Tech Immune Energy and Endurance. They got new mood for at night. You want to slow it down a little bit. On it's got club bats, kettlebells, the best. Their supplements are the best. I love On I've been doing business with them for 12 years. They've been sponsoring the podcast for 9, 10, and I've been eating Alpha Brain for 12 years. It straightened me out. I just finished my last cycle, and I love it. You want to be ready for 2022 with supplements. On it's having the Black Friday Cyber Monday sale starting this week. This Monday coming up, I'm going to give you 60% off on all supplements, kettlebells, whatever you need. They got, but it starts with you by going to honor.com. Read up on Alpha Brain, read up on Shroom Tech, get that 35 pound kettlebell, and let's get 2022 fucking to be the best year of your life. Let's put all this shit behind us. Go to honor.com right now. Look at their great products. If you see something you like, order it. That's it. Use code Joey, J O E Y, and get 10% off delivered right to your motherfucking crib. The joint is also brought to you by CBD Lion. Listen, you want to be ready for 2022? The full spectrum CBD Lion 1000 milligram tincture is fucking tremendous. I do a little dab will do you and your brand new tip top motherfucking Magoo. Whether it's the melatonin CBD Lion gummies, which are fucking tremendous, help you settle down a little bit to the CBD Lion bath balls, the cream, the vapor pen, the reefer. Listen, if CBD Lion is, if you're looking for CBD, CBD Lion is the company you want to do business with. They, they're full spectrum. I'm telling you, it'll straighten you out. You start putting a little bit under your tongue every day. Give it 30 days to get into your system and you'll feel like a fucking animal. But hey, Take it from my Uncle Joey. Go to CBDLion.com right now. Read. Order some CBD gummies. You're going to fucking love them. You're going to hit me on Twitter and say, Joey, you're a fucking animal. Go to CBDLion.com. Pressing code Joey. And the joint is brought to you by Lucy Nicotine Gum. When you're trying to quit, there's nothing stronger than a cigarette craving. You just need a little something to satisfy the habit. And Lucy has got your back. Listen, if anybody knows how hard it is to quit, I do. I quit. I didn't have Lucy gum. I had to quit with an eight ball and torture myself. You understand me? You guys got Lucy, so use it. You don't need to smoke anymore. You're prepared when the temptation starts. And with their subscription service, you'll have it on hand for whenever the craving hits. Lucy gum comes in three flavors that are actually pretty damn good. Wintergreen, cinnamon, and my personal favorite, pomegranate. Now, if you don't like gum, try their lozenges, citrus, mint, and cherry ice flavor. 
If you won't have a smoke, at least you'll have something to suck on. There you go, cock smokers. The joint listeners, go to lucy.co. Use promo code Joey to get 20% off all products, including gum and lozenges. That's lucy.co. Use promo code Joey. And here's what I got to tell you. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, but you already knew that. Go to lucy.co, use promo code Joey, and quit smoking. I want to thank CBD Lion. I want to thank Onnit. I want to thank lucy.co. I want to thank ZipRecruiter. I want to thank BetterHelp. But most importantly, I want to thank you for supporting the podcast week in and week motherfucking out. I love you, cocksuckers. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back next Monday. Ready to fucking rock. I love you, savages. Stay black.